welcome to Fighting Over the Remote, a podcast about finding movies to love together. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Robert. Every week, one of us chooses what we're watching, and then we discuss the movie, and at the end, we give our final ratings. This week, I had the remote. And I was forced to watch, is it Talented Mr. Ripley? I think it's The Talented the Mr. Talented. Ripley. Okay, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. Um, oh, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down for you. It's all right. We're, we mixed up our... Uh, our show notes this week so yeah, it's a little yeah. bit more uh, a little bit more in big things are happening over here fighting over the remote we're always working we're always trying to make the podcast better and more enjoyable you know we're so new into this yeah that we still have time to play with we it sure do. and make changes we can do it whenever we want yeah the drop of a hat this might turn into a podcast about gossip Maybe. i thought you were gonna say god I was like, it, oh, could, it, uh, turn, it could. That'd be an it interesting. It could turn into a podcast about journey. God. Very different. Very <laughs> different than what we chat about normally. Yeah, but it could. True. You never know. Don't don't get too comfortable, people. If We're anything, always shaking things up. If anything, people listen to us and they're like, they need Jesus. They need they some need, church, maybe. They need a little bit of God. In oh, their I'm lives. sure there's some people out there that would say that. I mean, probably. Yeah, but. let's be honest. They don't finish the. They don't listen to the pod. Mm-mm. They can tell within two minutes. Yep. They've already turned off after this discussion. I maybe would too. Just kidding. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Should we put uh, 60 seconds on the clock? And so you, I can do the summary? And you, oh, yeah, yeah I guess give I, your phone? I have to do it. You have your watch, but I'll do my phone. That's oh, fine. that's true. I do have my watch. No, it's okay. I'm doing it. It's okay. No, it's all right. No, it's fine. No, it's okay. I'm already doing it. It's okay. okay I'm, I'm going. Are you ready? I sure. Well, Well, I need to be ready. Yeah. Okay. Let's get okay, it. The Talented Mr. Ripley stars Matt Damon and Jude Law and a couple of other wonderful actors and actresses. Um, and Matt Damon plays Talented Mr. Ripley, mm-hmm. who is this kid who is wanting to be um, a pianist in New York. And he uh, borrows a jacket from someone that's a Princeton jacket and then begins to fake that he knows someone from Princeton who is this guy's son Greenleaf and then the guy the dad tells him that he wants uh Ripley to go to Italy to trick his son into coming back home and then he goes to Italy and he meets uh, Dickie and then he starts to realize he loves him and then he starts acting like him and then he kills him and then he kills a couple of other people in his midst of trying to fake being Dickie and then he uh, is on a boat (laughs) (laughs) yes this is a this is a sucker of a one to try to summarize in 60 seconds to be honest you know I was I was wondering how you were going to pull that off because the first 40 seconds of your summary were devoted to the first 10 minutes of the like movie you got to get the setup because if, it, if i just said he's friends with the guy and he goes there then that doesn't give you anything right that's, that's true that's so true. i had to I think, I think kind of expound for the most part. upon that yeah. yeah emphasis on the he kills some people so. emphasis on he kills some people for sure yeah yeah um emphasis on the fact that he is a psychopath and i didn't mention that but he is yeah total psychopath definitely i think um a big reason why i wanted to watch this movie is that it's like one of those movies that every time i watch it i get a different experience out of it Uh uh-huh i think the first time i watched this movie i didn't really i mean i was probably like 18 so i don't think i really realized that he was quite as like creepy and malicious Mm -hmm. as he is the second time i watched Mm -hmm. it and then the more times I watch it, the more I see, like, his, like, sinister, like, yeah. 
Because, like, the first time you watch this, you're kind of like, why did he do that? Like, a lot. Yeah. Because he makes a lot of decisions in this movie that make seemingly no sense, but they come back later. Yeah. Well, and that's that was something that Robert and I talked about when we were watching. It was like, how much of this did he plan ahead of time? Yeah, because a, a lot of times it felt like he was just flying by the seat of his pants. But I don't think he was. That's why I'm like, kind of like, maybe I need to read the book. Because mm-hmm. I want to know how much of this he's like figuring out ahead of time before he works on his, yeah. you I'm, know, I'm tricks. curious how much of the book is similar to this. Yeah, and there's more books too, which I would want to read. Yeah. Or is the, is the movie multiple books squished into one, do you know? Or is it just the first one? I think... It's got to be a couple, I think right? there are multiple books. I know yeah. I said that really confidently when no, we were no, watching there, the movie. I but... think there are. Oh, okay. Yeah, there are a few, but I just wondered if it was um, all squished think, into this movie or if they're... I think Talented Mr. Ripley is like the story the of the movie. Well, the first book, I think, is called Talented Mr. Ripley. Oh, okay. And then people love that character so much that she wrote more books about him. Got it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this movie just, like... I mean, I think, I know I'm, like, the action guy, but I think Thriller is my favorite movie choice. Like, I love a mystery. I love, I, like, a twisty, torny. When you twisty, said Thriller, torny, for some reason, I was torny. just, torny. I was just picturing Thriller. I don't mm. know why. But go on. Sorry. You love Thrillers. Yeah, I just love Thrillers. It's one of my favorite Thrillers. Um, I love, like, movie star performances. Mm-hmm. And this movie just has like five. So many of them. Has five movie stars before they are like full fledged movie stars. Yeah. And Wait, can I interrupt you for just one second? Just to come back you to already what we were have, just so let's go. Okay. There are um, five novels. Oh, okay. So there's. Oh, wow. There's multiple movies. Purple Purple Noon from the 1960s and The Talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. Yeah, but there are five books. The first one's Talented Mr. Ripley, and then there are four other ones. Sorry, Sick. just had to say that for anyone that was <laughs> curious about that like I was. Anyways, go yeah, on. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check out the, the novel because um, yeah. I do really love this movie. This movie's like one of my like all-time favorite. Like I know it has its flaws, but I fucking love this movie. Yeah. You know? And like I said, I just love a movie star. And this movie has five like certified movie stars just before they are super famous. Right. They are all beautiful. Mm. An exception might be made for Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I think in his own way, he is a beautiful person. (laughs) Um, And it's just such like, it's just one of those movies like, oh shit, all five of these people, you like see it yeah you're like every scene with all five of them they are just like magnetic and it's like it says something that like matt damon is probably the least magnetic performance of the five in my opinion and yet and yet he still like does a fine job of carrying the movie yeah if you can hear some banging in the background our downstairs neighbor has a drum set i can feel it in my feet done but I guess he's still going. Yeah, we, we uh, had to stop. We delayed the taping about 30 minutes waiting for him to stop. Waiting for him to stop playing the and drums. now he's he's hitting the kick drum again. Back I can feel it. it in my feet. And then uh, the main reason I wanted to choose this one is because Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away um, 10 years ago this month. Mm. And so... And you like uh, him a lot. He's one of your favorites. Yes, yeah. He, he's one of my favorites, but it's interesting because like, the movies he's in are usually not my favorite movies. Hmm. 
Um, he's in a lot of movies that I think are really good, but they're not like movies that I love. Mm. Um, this is one of this and like uh, we watched Boogie Nights together a few years oh, ago. Yeah, like yeah. that one, like I think about that movie all the time. And he's really good in that one too. <laughs> yeah. um, what a, what about him? Do you and like if you don't really like the movies he's in, but you like him, what? I'm really drawn to character actors mm. more so than you know, like a. Like, I love a movie star performance, but, like, you know, like a George Clooney performance versus, like, a Daniel Day-Lewis or Philip mm. Seymour Hoffman. Um, it's weird. The the guys with three names tend to be wow, really good actors. Wow, you just like the guys with three names, I guess. Oh, I love a three-name boy. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the woman from Ocean's 8? Who's a character actress? I can't think of her name right now. Not Kate Blanchett. Oh, you mean... Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she was married uh, to Tim Burton. Oh, uh, uh, I can picture her face. Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah, I love Helena Bottom Carter. Why do they always have three names? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they come from divorced <gasps> households, and so what, they. What makes you think they're divorced? Well, if they have hyphens in their names. That doesn't mean they're divorced. Doesn't mean they're divorced, but there's a decent chance. No, I feel like normally it's children like, of divorce. <laughs> leave us a comment. Let us know. Normally, parents, <laughs> kids that have hyphenated names, are just parents that either were not married. Mm -hmm. in the first place or they wanted to share their last names yeah. so maybe they're from families who were more i, I words are lost on me lately <laughs> that are more i guess like more artistic meaning families oops, would be more li more liberal in their like uh, gender roles family structures their gender yeah. roles Maybe that's the secret. Yeah, I mean, Helena Bottom Carter is from her. a family of oh. actors, I think. I know Gwyneth Paltrow's parents are producers. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Daniel Day-Lewis's parents are poets or something like that. But yeah, I just, I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He has, like, such a magnetic acting style. Like, mm -hmm. everything he's in, you completely lose him in the role. Mm. And Daniel Day-Lewis is the same way. I think Robert De Niro is the same way. Yeah. DiCaprio is that way in a lot of things. Although These he, people with the three names, I guess. I guess Minus so. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Either the three names or they have the duh in it. <laughs> 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 the, the three or duh. I just really wanted to watch a movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I was looking at his um, IMDb, and this is one of the ones that I thought you would like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a few other ones that we'll probably get to eventually. It's interesting but. that you picked this and he's in it for so little. But he's... he's You've just wanted to see he this comes movie off, for a while, though. He fucking just, like... The second his character is introduced, like, when he gets out of that car and he, like, sees, <laughs> he sees the women walking by and he goes, God, don't doesn't every woman you see make you just want to fuck her once or whatever he says? Which is funny because he's gay. I think he is pansexual... I think he. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. I don't he, get that vibe at all, but okay. I think he fucks anything that moves. Interesting. I still they, don't get there's that a, vibe. But. There's a few lines in the movie that refer to him sleeping around with women. Yeah, but sometimes when men are still in the closet, that's what they do. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not you, trying to <laughs> shame him at all. I'm just saying. Well. But men can be both. They can like men and women. Yeah, I'm not stupid. I know that. But <laughs> why are you arguing with me? Because he played. I, I, he played to me a very stereotypical depiction of a gay man. He had like a gay man voice that he put on. It just felt like he was playing like a very stereotypical gay man. It was like a straight man playing a gay man. I don't know if he was 
gay at all in real life or not, so maybe he was. But just watching it, it felt like it was an over... It was like a lot of flamboyancy mm. of like present trying to present as a gay man. That's just okay. why I'm... I didn't get the specifically gay vibe at all, but... Um, really? I mean, I got the like interested in men part, but I didn't think he was like exclusively okay. gay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but... Um, had you ever heard of this movie before? I mean, like, I know I've mentioned it before, but before... I think I've definitely heard of it. I've heard the title before, before you've said it. Mm -hmm. And it sounds, like, it sounds familiar to me. Like, it doesn't sound like a foreign name of a movie. But I honestly had no idea what it was about going into it. Like, I thought maybe it was about a guy who was like i thought maybe i for some reason i thought i knew something about there being jazz in it or something so i mm. thought maybe he was like in a jazz band or something i don't know i didn't know anything about it really so i didn't know it was a thriller and i um i tried to keep that specifically <clears throat> like a secret from you cuz i didn't want any mm. of, i didn't want any of the plot spoiled for you because i think that it's a singular yeah. experience like the first time you watch yeah, it yeah totally i i think um well what's interesting is that hold on i'm just talking gibberish i really enjoy thrillers but for some reason i don't actively seek them out i don't really know why but like I really liked, um, like, I really like the movies that are adapted from Agatha Christie novels. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy those a lot. I really liked this. I really like movies like this. Did you like Gone Girl when we watched it? Yeah, I love Gone Girl. I've okay. seen it before. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I, I really like stuff like that because it's very much like you have no idea what's going to happen. You can just extrapolate and try to guess. Yeah. But, like, you're kind of flying at the seat of your pants and it's exciting. Yeah, I just, I, I love thrillers. I love I mean, like, I like mystery novels, and I like Agatha Christie novels, yeah, yeah, because I like, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I know they've given me the information I need to solve this case. Can I do it? And I never can. Whenever we watched um, the show After Party, Robert would just try to solve it the entire time, instead of wrong just every watching time. Your, your, <laughs> I think I was, too, though. I don't really feel like I ever got it right, but... I think, like, the second to last show, episode, I would finally, like, yeah. be like, oh, okay, I don't know who did it, but... yeah. Yeah, it takes until, a while. Yeah. yeah, but you you definitely really enjoy the figuring it out part. Did yeah. you wait when you watched this for, for the first time? Is this what when you saw it for the first time? Did you expect what happened to happen? Or no, I didn't know anything about it. Um, the first time I watched this, the only thing I knew was that everybody thought that Jude Law was like the hottest person on earth after this movie. <laughs> really? That's yeah, so this fun. movie is like a like. Jude Law after this movie was like one of the hottest people on the planet. Hmm. And I think at the time I had like a small crush on Gwyneth Paltrow when I first saw this. Such a cutie. Yeah, I mean And this. Nineties, early two thousands Gwyneth Paltrow is like one of my there favorite was, actresses ever. There were also so many women in that time period that were mm -hmm. just so gorgeous and that felt like it was maybe before they just started eating almonds for three meals every day. <laughs> like, they weren't really aware of it yet. Yeah. I mean, to catch, like, all all five of the main actors in this movie yeah. at this point in time. That's pretty incredible. It's just, like, this movie is such, like, a time capsule. Mm -hmm. Like, here are just, like, five superstars right yeah. before they hit it. Yeah. Um, and I think I just really love that. 
before we get into our categories, there was one thing I wanted to talk to you about, and that was okay. that they are adapting this into a TV series. Which you mentioned, Would yeah. you like to guess who's playing Ripley? Um, when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, you, a fucking course. Can you give me like a hint? Can you give me like a couple of guesses? Like, he is one of your primary... Is it Paul Mescal? Close. Is it Andrew Scott? It's Andrew Scott. Shut the fuck up. Andrew then, Scott's playing Ripley? Yep. <gasps> and then the role of Dickie Greenleaf is played by another <laughs> another pod favorite. Um, this one. Robert De Niro. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. I said Robert De Niro. <laughs> Robert De Niro playing Dickie Greenleaf. I think Greenleaf. we need to like... Get, we need to do like a you know a you can be a fucking you can be a fucking leech you know yeah no we need to do a montage of all the times you say Robert De Niro on the pod <laughs> it would be five minutes long you could do a drinking game people would end up vomiting <laughs> I will give you um a hint he is from a TV series that we watched together that does not narrow it down it whatsoever it was a small love story about a boy who gets chlamydia. Oh, it's from it's from um uh love something. I love see. sick. Love sick. Johnny oh, the Flynn. blonde guy. The, yeah, blonde, the blonde guy. guy. He's playing Dickie really? Greenleaf. That's a great show, by the way. If you they, haven't seen Love Sick, it's really good. It seems like they went a little Wait, older. Wait, he's playing Dickie? Yeah. It seems oh, okay. like they went a little older and a little less beautiful for this, which I kind of like. Conventionally attractive, we should say, because they're so beautiful. It's just... That's true. They're not like, yeah, I guess, that's, they're yeah. not a Matt Damon or a That's a good catch, yeah. Less conventionally attractive. And then uh, Marge Sherwood is being played by Dakota Fanning which I'm stoked about. I love Dakota Fanning. Okay, interesting. Do they have anyone... I know they made up the character of Meredith for the movie, but do they have anyone... Oh, did they? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they did. They created that character. Um, There are a few... It hasn't been shot yet. There's a few like promo pictures with um, Andrew Scott, but that's about it. <gasps> I'll have to go look at the promo um, photos. Here's one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, this is bad because... I'm still going to want to make out with his face, even if he's a psychopath. <laughs> it's, That's uh, unfortunate. Oh, it's coming on April 4th. <gasps> this year? To Netflix. Oh, shit. That's what the poster says. Excuse I don't, me. I will I don't be unavailable actually, on April 4th, everyone. I will be um, watching that, unfortunately. So. I don't know if that's actually coming out. I haven't really heard anything about that. I just saw it when I was looking this up. Yeah, so... But yeah, I thought I thought that was... That's pretty cool. I'm, insane. I'm stoked for that. I did not know that at all. It's going to be an eight episode miniseries, which I think is exactly what this movie needs because yeah. this movie moves so lightning fast. fast and it's pretty long. It's not a short movie. But well, does it, it doesn't move super fast right at the beginning, but like as soon as the ball gets rolling, you're like, oh, it's like ping pong. It's like, oh my God, now he killed him. Oh my God, now he killed him. No, he did. Just to go back to what I just said. Yeah, the character Meredith was invented for the film. The character didn't character did not have analog which i don't really know exactly what that means um but i think it just the character wasn't really present in the book um but kate blanchett was really interested in playing the character of meredith in the movie so they cast her and then they Mm. expanded the role for her oh yeah because once you get kate blanchett you can't oh you gotta well and i'm sure she was like i'll do anything like just you know i'd love to be in this so then they were like we gotta gotta give her some more lines we gotta (laughs) um it's one of those ones where i wish i had been like 20 years old when this came out so i could like Mm. have seen 
I wish I could have seen the discourse around this movie when it was released. Yeah. Because I feel like this is like if in 2018 <clears throat> somebody made a movie with like Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Like Paul Mescal, like just all these people who are like. It's Mescal. Mescal. Yeah. Paul I got Mes- it wrong the other day in a TikTok and I realized later. Oh. So if you watch that, I don't think he wants to date me anymore, unfortunately, because oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. That son of a bitch. I know quit pronouncing your name wrong mescal yeah but yeah i just think i i, I would have loved to seen the scene to have seen the discourse around this movie totally and see like somebody being like oh my god kate blanchett oh my god i loved her in this small role she's gonna fucking kill it in this and you just it sounds like you just want to have an orgy with all the main actors of this movie just you and them i'm just saying if that was proposed to everybody i would not be the one saying no you would be in for it I would be there by myself in a room waiting for everybody. For but. <laughs> Just checking your watch. Uh, guys, I brought some alcohol. So just waiting to see when you guys are going to show up. I yeah. brought some cookies. I don't know what people are into. They're gluten-free, dairy-free. <laughs> um, seeing if they're going to show up. Yeah. Well, should we get into a, a little bit more specific discussion about the movie? Yeah, we can. Yeah. My voice went really high there. Huh? Should we get a um, I wanted to talk about, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, but I did want to like specifically talk about the acting first. Yeah, Just sure. because I think that that's like the thing that I take away from this movie the most. Yeah. Is just the performances. Yeah. Did you think they were Oops, good? I, just I think every time I watch this, I switch back and forth on whether or not I thought Matt Damon was good, but I think everybody else is incredible. No, I thought everyone was great. I mean, personally... Obviously, I'm a woman, and I just really like watching women act. Uh, I thought Gwyneth Paltrow was the oh, best. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's she my was, favorite actor in this movie. It was, ins- like, it was insane, the presence of doom on her face. Like, the way that she was able to depict the feeling of completely misbelieving someone, just being like... Yeah. And the switch, too. She goes from saying, like, oh, I love you, Tom, I love you, blah, blah, whatever, to looking at him with such disgust and anger. It's insane. And, like, you can even watch her put all of the pieces together one by one. Like, mm-hmm. she's sl- like when they're at the opera house, she's, like, slowly, like, you're here with Dickie? And yeah. he's like, oh, no, no, I'm not, or whatever. It's just, like, she's slowly, like putting the pieces together oops oh i do want to say like we didn't really talk about the plot that much we'll get to that oh okay is there something in here for that Mm -hmm. we're kind of moving around things in the pod so we're flying by the seat of our pants for this one a little bit but it's fine fine. um yeah i did think the acting was really awesome and uh very involved like i think it's really hard as an actor to keep everything in mind for something like this because it is so detailed and specific um and as an actor watching and i was also thinking about how like they didn't shoot this in order the odds that they shot everything in order is very slim like that doesn't really happen which was really fun learning that when you become older and you're an actor (laughs) and like you're wanting to act and you realize that you have to just really get up there and just do whatever you can because you're not really shooting in a chronological order. But anyway, um, thinking about that really blew my mind because they could have been shooting the scenes with her 
like that are at the end first. Yeah. And the true. fact that it like her acting is such a through line for the whole movie is just like, I don't know, just blows my mind. Um, and yeah. I wish she would have stayed in acting and not created a company that tries to sell you a bunch of snake oil, but that's beside the point. Yeah. I think Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow, like today, I don't think people realize how great of an actress she really is. I don't know if she still has it obviously because she hasn't really been in much lately but i mean Have she done at this point in time like she she was in the adaptation of emma yeah um in the 90s she was pretty and, good in that and she was in talented mr ripley and she just i really hate what her career has become yeah. and i mean she's filthy rich so i'm not gonna say she wasn't successful i mean i think she, no her company's I mean, a little ske- yeah. like a little sketchy but i think like her act her career hasn't been a failure by any means but I wish no, no, she no. had stayed with the, like, critically acclaimed acting. You know what I mean? Because uh, oh, she did a voice for American Horror Stories. It says oh, interesting. Oh, she was in a movie in 2022 that I've never heard of. Hmm. Okay, interesting. She's been in a few things here and there, I guess. Yeah, but she. I'm oh, she sure. was in Inf- Avengers. Yeah, she plays Pepper Potts. I don't know who Pepper Potts is. It's Robert Downey Jr.'s like love interest. Oh. I don't know if they get married or what. But... Pepper Potts. Oh my god, there's so many motorcycles oh driving by. Oh my goodness. God. Sorry, the, Pepper Potts. The world around us is not working with us today. It sounds too we're, much we're like Peppa to... Pig. I'm Peppa Potts. She's a comic book character. You know, she's been in a lot, but it really is not that much. I thought Matt Damon was really great in this and for some reason it really fit him like i think if you told me at the beginning of the movie that he played a psychopath i'd be like okay sure yeah but i think that that's what it is right he's so good at tricking people Mm -hmm. into thinking he's not a psychopath that he actually plays Mm -hmm. a very very good psychopath a very um of words lately i think i might have had covid and i didn't know it um or something so you got a little brain just fog. rotting in there just kidding um yeah i think like what, a, no hold on what's the word though like the the i believed that he was a psychopath uh-huh. what's the word for that <laughs> <laughs> he was believable i don't know no it starts with an i what it starts with an i <laughs> Does it help? I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't know. I want to say enticing, but that's not the word. Whatever. It's okay. We can move on. Sorry. I don't. I don't know what you're it's trying fine. to say. You're not helping me out. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, like, like, yeah. Like I said, I'm. I mean, I have a different opinion of his acting every time I watch it. Um, this time around, I did think that's he was really pretty good. Interesting that you you think he. I think sometimes I watch it and I see that like he's acting within a performance like he's well that's because he's playing like that's what's so i think that's why it's so good to me is because he is playing normal yeah he's having to play he's having to play someone who is a psychopath but is normal Mm -hmm. normal is playing normal there's so many levels to that that's crazy i wonder what his like what his day-to-day life was before the events of this movie the character yeah because, I mean, I mean, he clearly had knows? the capability of becoming rich with his con arting, con artisting. He also knew how to kill people pretty well. So, what do you mean he just bludgeoned them? 
freaking flattened and choked that one guy. Oh, yeah. But he knew the process pretty well. He knew to freaking push the boat out, sink the boat, and to get all of his stuff out. He knew to clean off the statue after he bludgeoned. Yeah. <laughs> what was that character's name? Sorry. Freddy Miles. Fre- it was Freddy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The cleanup he knew a little bit too well. So I, well, I'm true. wondering, like, yeah, I wonder if this is in the book. Or, like, did he have other, like, men that he looked up to that he mm. wanted to be like that he kind of like used to advance himself Maybe. into positions yeah. and like money and then killed them <laughs> i think matt damon's just playing so many characters in this role that some of the characters i find less believable than others and i think that's interesting and i think i'll like fixate on the the 10 percent of this movie where i don't think he's having a good performance hmm. but i think when he is playing like the parts where he's in love with Dickie and all he wants is to impress Dickie. Yeah. I think those are really good. Like Those he, are crazy. Especially like 1997 Matt Damon being able to pull this out of his pocket. I mean, he's great in Goodwill Hunting too, so I guess. Um, yeah. I've never seen that. Fun fact. I I mean, I think you would like it. Um, it's not one of those movies that I'm like, oh, you have to see Goodwill Hunting. But I just get sad watching Robin Williams movies. You would definitely cry during Goodwill Hunting. Oh, 100%. I think that's why I haven't watched it. because I know that it'll <laughs> bring me to my knees. Make me a little too sad. Yeah, but Matt Damon's great. Gwyneth Paltrow's incredible. Um, Jude Law's great. Yeah, I think Jude... I, I think part of what makes all these performances so good is that they have to play multiple characters. Like, Jude Law is playing yeah. lovable playboy. And then he also has to play, like... You know, he hates his best friend. <laughs> And then he has to play that guy who, like, kind of despises Tom, even if he likes being doted upon. But it's not his best friend. He doesn't know them, the guy. I think there are periods in this movie where he's best friends with... Mm. We don't know how long the events of this movie are. That's true. But, I mean, I get the sense that it's... I don't know. I mean, it's weird, right? Like, part of it is... Part of it is, like, you have to wonder the amount of, like, attraction that these two characters have... Because it's apparent, but there's also something about, like, that feeling that, like, someone thinks they know you really well and you don't know them at all, and it's really uncomfortable because you don't know how to be like, you don't really actually know me at all. Yeah. It's even weirder when it's a psychopath. Yeah. (laughs) You have to try to explain. I mean, you don't really see Ripley lean into that until he starts killing people. You know what I mean? Being a psychopath or what? Yeah, like like his actions, he's not like mm. before he kills Dicky, there's not really a lot of situations where he is acting like that except for maybe when he's like in Dicky's clothes in yeah. Dicky's room, which is kind of weird. I think like the he first crosses moment, boundaries, but he doesn't like I think do the first anything. moment you really see it is when he's listening to Dicky and Marge talk outside and then he impersonates them like when he's by himself mm. and he does their voices i think that is when i'm that's You're when it like, like first clocks i mean like the listening to jazz and memorizing the records is weird but i think when he impersonates well, them that's when i'm like oh this guy's like full on i think the jazz record thing is kind of tricky because when i watched it for the first time i was like oh he's just trying to pretend like he knows Mm-hmm. the guy like that's what it looked like to me yeah but when I th- i'm sure when you rewatch it you're like what a little creepy guy <laughs> like, yeah. you know yeah 
it would be interesting like to do a repod of this like in like a year yeah to see uh, to see how you see it differently like the second time yeah um because it it is a very different experience when you know what's coming like it like the peter smith kingsley character Mm. like every time i watch this i think he is nicer and nicer and it makes me more sad that he dies at the end he's so sweet um yeah so that should we talk about like the so like i've told you that jude law is like considered smoking hot in this movie but it seemed like you didn't really feel it no it's not that i i think jude law is very attractive Mm -hmm. um i don't think i'm really attracted to the type of character he was playing that's fair yeah um i mean he's a piece of shit in the movie yeah i'm also into men that are a little bit larger (laughs) are you calling me fat no it's not that at all it's just like he like they they were talking about we were looking at imdb facts and stuff sometimes before you listen to the pod er, before record the pod um and it said something like both him and um matt damon lost a bunch of weight before this movie which i was kind of like was that really necessary i don't really know if that was necessary Mm. i don't really think weight loss and weight gain is really necessary for movies but that's beside the point anyways um you could just cast the right person for the role but that's beside the point anyways um (laughs) (laughs) take a shot every time you say that's beside beside the point anyways um yeah i'm just personally not uh super attractive to men that uh look like they couldn't pick me up attracted attracted I'm also not attractive to them probably either. <laughs> that's their loss. No, but like I like legitimately like that's not I'm not trying to be funny. Like I look at a man and if he doesn't look like he could like sling me over his shoulder, I'm like, meh. Yeah. I need someone who can throw me around a little bit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think I like understand. He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understand the attraction to Jude Law in this movie um but oh he did look like harry styles a lot in this we talked about it like there were like a couple of shots where i was like oh my god he looks like harry styles Mm -hmm. i think people have compared them before and i never saw it but then watching the movie i was like every now and then i I could see harry styles in a modern version of this role yeah or something they decided to just cast a bunch of beautiful people oh my god i would watch it i don't know who the modern hard tom ripley would be though if they did like the conventionally beautiful paul mescal I would watch that. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, I feel like it would have to be someone who's a little bit string beanier. Yeah, I think what makes Matt Damon so good in this, or like so good at this role, is that he just looks like such an all-American boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's just like that's what makes him being a psychopath so like. Oh. Uh, I was gonna say Jacob Elordi, but he's a little bit too overbearing. I think he's, like too, he's tall too tall and menacing. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be too easy. It wouldn't him. be a surprise when he turns. No, because he's such a good like scary face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's good at making scary faces. Intimidating. I would love to see Jacob Elordi as the Freddie Miles character. I think that would be really funny. Or he would be good as um, Peter Smith Kingsley. Oh, yeah, that's true. Sweetie. I think Paul Maskell would kill it as Peter Smith Kingsley. I'm just picturing his face. Sorry, anyways. (laughs) Um, But I... Well, we didn't really talk about, like... um, What's the word that they use? In nominations. 
the other nominee. Support, support it, supported. Oh, like best, best supporting. Best supported, yeah. best supporting. Um, the supporting cast of characters. What did, what did you think about the Philip Seymour Hoffman role? Like I said before, like I felt like he was playing a stereotypical gay man and it felt kind of forced to me. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know why either because I don't get that vibe at all. Please hold. I just think he fucking kills it. What's his name again? Freddie Miles. No, like guy. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sorry, I get them. Paul Thomas Anderson and then I get confused for someone. He's in a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Oops. Um, Okay, well, first of all, in this image, he just has, he walks around with his hand like this all the time. I don't know any gay men. I think he's mocking He's not, though. He does this throughout the movie all the time. Okay. I mean, it just feels, I'm not trying to, to knock on Philip Seymour Hoffman. It just feels like to me that he is forcing this gay man. Yeah. Like he, he like always has his hands here he has like a voice he has kind of like a laugh that he does and obviously like that's part of character development i don't know there's just something about it that feels i don't think we're gonna agree on this at all so that's fine we don't have to agree on it but um i'm trying to like see i want to like see i just want yeah just just watch the little walk he does when he gets out of the car it is very like it's very effeminate but i don't think it's gay okay but he is playing a game I don't think he's exclusively gay. I don't know why you said... Okay. Because he fucks other women in this movie. But... The, but So what is Dickie Greenleaf then? I think he's bi-curious. I don't think he's... You don't think he's fucked Freddy before? I think they probably had a threesome or something. Mm-hmm. To me, it feels like a lot... A, a big part of this movie is... Watching men who are... Maybe more so, like, look at the way he's walking. It just, to me, like, watching it, it feels like I'm watching a straight man playing a gay man. That's what it feels like to me. Which, maybe that was his intent, maybe it wasn't. But to me, a big part of the movie is this misunderstanding at this time period that these men that were, like, higher class couldn't be gay. They had to be straight. Uh-huh. That That's part of what feels like is happening within the storyline. Okay. So they're getting engaged to women. They're getting married to women and they're gay and they keep living out the gay side of their life while they're married to a woman, which is a choice. Okay. But I feel like that's commentary on the movie itself. Right. So like they talk about like when they're in the, um, they make a comment about Freddie being engaged to a bunch of women and it's like a Uh joke when they're at the police station it's like a joke that he's been engaged to a bunch of women to me that's what it felt like is like these men are pretending to be straight and they are um getting engaged to women because it looks better to these people that are high class so it just feels like his character is more gay to me okay i think it just put it turned me off a little bit okay so you didn't love you didn't love the philip seymour hoffman performance just fine um, i mean his was, character was a dick 
yeah. obviously. Well, his character was very unlikable, and then he was extremely over the top. I, I understand why you don't, don't like him. I just kind of like that he's such a character. Um, yeah, he's definitely playing a caricature for sure. What about uh, Kate Blanchett? How'd you feel about Meredith Logue? I mean, I thought she was great. Yeah, I think she's really only in the movie for like five minutes of screen time. Yeah, she's very beautiful in it. And she also, like, I mean, like her acting, not just her as a person. Obviously, she is gorgeous. But um, she played the acceptance of being let down very honestly. Mm -hmm. It felt very real. Like the... (laughs) She just keeps going after him, which is another, like, that's uh, very relatable. Um, Yeah. This feeling of just like, well, maybe this time, maybe this time, maybe this time he'll like me. I love how her character is constantly saying, like, she hates wealth. Yeah, and then she's going to the opera on this beautiful dress. And And I think that's why she falls for Ripley so hard. Although she thinks he's Greenleaf, but right. Well, he's also doing the same fucking thing. That's that's a really also a really funny part of this movie is like the commentary on high class individuals and how that like that's what they do. They're like, oh, I just I just hate money. I just like hate yeah. having so much money. And then they're like living in Italy, yeah, and shopping and, and shopping and going to the and bank, and yeah, cash, yeah, cashing out thousands. She's like, of oh, dollars. I love Italian money. It's so dark. You never feel guilty spending it. She does something like that. Oh yeah, and then they go on the shopping spree together and stuff. Yeah, yeah. they're just dropping thousands of dollars on everything, and it's totally normal for them. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I think she's, she steals every, every second that she's on screen. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'm glad that they put her in this. Yeah, and I really love the part on the ship. It's so sad though. Yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to Jack Davenport, who plays Peter Smith Kingsley. I think he's yeah, he's really good in this. I think he's really, really good at this specific character. Yeah, I just think he's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's really good. I think I really looked for, this time. I was really looking forward to him coming on screen because this movie is so heavy, and he is like mm-hmm. a little, you know, a little spritz of one better plot point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he's so sweet, and it breaks my heart every time I watch the ending. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he's the one person who loves Ripley for Ripley. And he's listing out all the good things about him while Ripley actively kills him. Yeah. All right, should we get into a discussion about the plot of the movie? And did you want to talk about your best performances? You have that on here. Uh, we've, we've touched about those a lot. I mean, I think Gwyneth Paltrow was the best one, and... I think everybody had a really strong performance. I don't think. Mm. Um, I think we've said all that needs to be said. What did you think about the plot? Because it kind of starts slow and then it gets, it just like goes crazy fast. I mean, I had no idea what was going on, obviously. Like it was so um, intricate and yeah, it just kind of takes off so fast and you're kind of left with whiplash as things like start to unfold I think this time I was kind of feeling impatient for the first murder. Mm. I just like really wanted to get the. the I just did, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know. I mean, I knew something, something weird was happening as soon as he started like. It, uh, he started doing the handwriting. He started doing the different voices mm-hmm. and his impressions, his impersonations of other people. Um. 
Honestly, this movie reminded me a lot of White Lotus and just its way that it builds up suspense and like everything seems fine and you're learning more about these characters and then it all kind of comes to a head and like slowly falls apart. Yeah. Well, quickly falls apart. Um, <laughs> the whole act of Dickie Greenleaf is really interesting because you see Ripley fall in love with him, but also hate him at the same time. Like, you can see him actively hate the way that he treats um, uh, Marge. He, like, really hates the way he treats her mm -hmm. and is, like, trying to defend her all the time. But then it kind of, I guess it kind of flips when he finds out about Silvana and how she died. Yeah. And then he's like, I, I won't tell anyone, Dickie. I won't tell anyone on you, like it's totally fine. Like I've got your back, like whatever. Yeah. I think it's just a, I mean, it feels like it's going to be a slow burn and then they just throw you into a boiling pot of water. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a. it's, it's definitely a roller coaster. <gasps> um, what do you think about like the, the other like writing aspects of the movie? Like the, do you like the dialogue? Yeah, I think, it, the dialogue was kind of off-putting at first between Dickie and Ripley and Marge because, I mean, obviously it was set in the, is it the 50s or the 60s? I think it's the 50s. 50s. So, like, obviously they're using a little bit of, um, not a dialect, but, like, a little bit of something there within their voices. But then they're also speaking as if they know this person, which, like, as the viewer, you're like, you don't know this guy. Why are you talking to him like that? <laughs> like, why did you invite him to stay or like to like come over and then eventually stay with you? Um, so the, like the dialogue is a little bit interesting. And like, obviously we don't know the span of time that he's there with them, that Ripley's there with them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I thought the dialogue was, very poetic at times which somehow somehow felt fitting in a way which was kind of weird because i don't think i would have expected it to be that way like a lot of a lot of the not a lot of the lines but some of the lines which i don't remember specifically were very like <laughs> nail on the head like foreshadowing and like they mm. would like say something that like would come back later a lot which i love when people write stuff like that um it's like little Easter eggs for the viewer mm -hmm. throughout the movie. Yeah, I mean, I thought the writing was really good. Obviously, it's nice to have the backing of a, a book for a film so that you're not just, right. you know, going off of whatever. Because I don't think you I don't think you could write a movie like this without a book behind it because there's just so much intricacies that uh, I feel like would be really difficult to just write out of thin air and then put into a movie. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that the director adapted the screenplay as well. So mm -hmm. the directing and the writing, like both, oh, worked, that's yeah, that's know, good. Very, worked really well hand in hand. Um, I think the the directing of the movie. I think I don't know if it was just because we were watching it for the pod or what, but I think I noticed like the flourishes he uses a little bit mm -hmm. more this yeah. time around. Um, there's a lot of camera movement, a lot of like, uh, kind of weird transitions to yeah. stuff. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to like, he really hasn't directed a ton 
he's not like a really prolific director. He's mm. only directed like a handful of things. Okay. Um, but he directed, he's directed some yeah, really big movies. I don't reckon, I don't recognize his name. Uh, he directed The English Patient, which is probably his biggest movie. And then he, uh, he directed Cold Mountain, um, which is like a, um, is it Renee Zellweger? It's somebody like that. Um, that's just a, like another, he writes like, uh, dramas. He directs them? Like. Does he write them all too? Is he also writing Yeah, these? I think he's oh, usually okay. the writer as well. That's a lot of work. Um, when you go to IMDb, Although, you have to like click a special thing to get to his directing because he has so many writing oh, credits. That's also, I think, kind of a comforting thing if you're writing because you don't have to contact the writer to change things. You can yeah. just do whatever you want. And if you want to change things on set, you can just mm-hmm. change them. Let the characters or let the actors improvise and change things where you see fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the movie does a pretty good job of alternating between like being like Call Me By Your Name and Gone Girl. Yeah. It has yeah. to do both. At the same I definitely time. has. Yeah. Call Me By Your Name definitely has some homages to this movie. I just kept getting White Lotus. It just reminded me so much of White Lotus. Like the the forbearing music and the yeah. transitions and the random b-roll shots that would kind of pop up of the scenery in between mm-hmm. stuff um yeah yeah i think i, th- I think the music really give, gives like a white lotus flat vibe because it's uh, it's creepy yeah it's very creepy you know <laughs> and it kind and it of it gets to too loud attention. it gets too loud sometimes you're kind of mm-hmm. like oh yeah but like you know when it wants you to pay attention to what ripley's mm-hmm. doing because the music comes in yeah um yeah but so you've, you've never seen like the english patient or cold mountain or any of those no i have not who's in the english patient i don't know that one the english patient won like academy awards oh uh, i know I, it sounds familiar i just don't mm, it's ralph fines when ralph fines was hot <laughs> and uh juliette binoche Binoche. i don't know i've never seen the english who's patient. wait let me see oh it's got uh kristen scott thomas from mission impossible Oh, yeah, from Fleabag, too. I don't um, know, Juliet. Mm, at the close of World War II, a young nurse tends to a badly burned plane crash victim. His past is shown in flashbacks, revealing an involvement in a fate- fateful love affair. <gasps> yeah, but the the English Patient's a really famous movie, and then Cold Mountain, I think, was like a well-regarded movie. Well, I've heard of out. Truly Madly Deeply before, too. Yes, that one, one I, had, movies. I had that one written down as well. That Who, one. Who's in that one? I didn't know the female lead, but it's Alan Rickman passes away and his partner like sees him as a ghost and he like helps oh. her get over his death. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, apparently it's pretty good. That sounds good. But I've never seen it. Alan Rickman's a, a stud though. Gotta love R. Alan R. Rickman. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you have anything else to discuss, I think I'm ready to get into scores. I think i just really liked this movie i think it kept me entertained and surprised and shocked mm-hmm. <laughs> i was kind of at the seat the end of the end of my seat is that what it <laughs> yeah you're on the edge of your seat <laughs> yeah i was on the edge of my seat i was like that's not the right word i don't think i knew i was gonna like it obviously because i had no idea what it was about because right. you <laughs> you didn't give me any hints or anything which i'm glad you didn't because i was i enjoyed um finding things out as it happened yeah, I don't know. It's just such a jam-packed movie and all of the times where he was like about to get caught made me so stressed, but in like <laughs> such a 
exhilarating way, the way he was like, oh, oh, this is the time. This is when he's going to get caught. And it's like yeah. every time he's like, like when they're at the opera and then, um, oh, and we didn't even talk about like what actually happens to the story, but like basically Ripley gets away with everything from what you can tell. Yeah. And like, I thought the end of the movie was when he's talking to the police officer and Greenleaf is taking Marge back to New York with him. And like, they have that whole altercation, Marge and Ripley. Yeah. Um, I thought that was the end of the movie. I was like, okay, so it's over. And then, <laughs> because you're, you're like, he's getting off scot-free. Ripley just at that point, in that moment of time, he gets off scot-free and the police officer is basically like, yeah, Greenleaf, Greenleaf is just paying everyone off. Yeah. Because that's what people with money can do, which is really funny when you think about Dickie and how Dickie was quote unquote like over his dad's money and was like tired of his dad's money. Yeah. And then when he dies, his dad just throws money <laughs> at everything. And like finding out like, oh, Dickie like nearly killed a kid when he was in school. Um, When you find out that, I can't remember, was Ripley, Ripley did go to Princeton and he knew Dickie? No, 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 no. Uh, the So the private investigator played by Philip Baker Hall. Private investigator, yeah, I kept saying um, police officer, yeah. Philip Baker Hall, shout out, but he... Uh, That's what rich people do, they get private, private investigators. Right? Yeah, That's especially in the 50s. Yeah. But, uh, no, he said that they were pretty suspicious that... Dicky was the one going around murdering people because Dicky almost killed a kid at Princeton. Yeah. But he says something about Ripley and what he was doing around that time or something. He said, look, we know you weren't. We know you just worked there. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I was like, like, what was his con- He, he had worked in the music department as like a <gasps> piano cleaner or something like that. But he wasn't, he did, he wasn't a student. Got it. Um, yeah, that's interesting because I wonder if he knew anything about dicky i mean that's one of those things that's like mm-hmm. if you were in school and something like that happened on campus like you would hear about there'd it there'd be rumors yeah, yeah you would hear about the rich kid that like choked a kid out and almost killed him like yeah. you would know about that mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's kind of like has he been formulating this plan the whole time like did he yeah go to that party that was for the parents like did he do that on purpose did he wear the prince princeton jacket on purpose knowing mm. Knowing that the dad would talk to him? I don't know. It's just a lot of... Another reason to read the book. Yeah, it's a lot of um, small things that could have been tied together in his brain from the very start. Mm. Yeah, it's just... There's a lot of metaphor about um, classes and men's behavior and um, stuff like that throughout the movie, which is always entertaining, so... I guess that's really it. I just, yeah, I thought it was interesting the way that it all <laughs> ends up happening. It it's, yeah. it is does leave you wondering whether or not he gets caught in the end, um, because yeah, I don't know. Because it, it, do you feel like he just ends up being with Meredith or something? But I don't understand how that would work out because he because could never 
go back to America. Yeah. He could never well, have a wedding. Well, he could easily pull her back away from America because she's like so obsessed with him. Yeah. And then she true. would just kill him. He would just kill her. But um, I feel like that's, yeah, that's probably the real answer. He ends up having to He kill ends up her. having to kill her. Yeah, yeah. And then he just stays in Italy, I feel like. And then or he runs away again. And then everybody just says Dickie Greenleaf killed Meredith Logue. And mm. he lives his life as Tom Ripley. And he's off scot-free. Yeah, I guess so. Except Gwyneth Paltrow probably kills him at some point. Oh my god, yeah. I would have. Just... She, she probably hired like a private I don't assassin. Know if I yeah, I wouldn't have killed him, but I would have been like, um, you're not getting away with this buddy old pal. I probably would have stabbed him while he slept <laughs> when I was staying at his apartment. Should okay. we, uh, should we explain the scoring system now? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just because it's new. So, um, initially we started doing our ratings on a scale from one to five, which was a little bit confusing. So now we're switching it around a little bit to account for how much we liked the movie and enjoyed the movie and also how likely we are to watch it again. We're putting it into two different scoring spots so that we can have a total. Um, so obviously a higher score means that you loved it and would watch it again. Um, yeah so it's two scales of one to five yeah. added together yeah to make a score out of ten yes yes yeah. exactly because those are the two things that we're hoping for the most when we show each other movies yeah oh, if they enjoyed it he's had a little dream oh yeah he is little legs are kicking he's gonna kick me probably in a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um my enjoyment scale i mean this is a this is a is it a ten I think it's technically a nine because it's a five for me on my enjoyment, but it's you loved it. It's a four on my rewatch because I don't think I would want to watch this movie all the time. If that makes sense, I think I'd have to say mine's the same. I didn't. Uh, well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think you would give it that high of a. Yeah, I think mine's a nine as well. I really loved it. I really enjoyed the movie. I like that feeling of like. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to get in trouble, but I don't know when. And then he never gets in trouble. Um, <laughs> and then I obviously like, I think, well, not obviously, but I, I definitely would watch it again. I think, yeah, I, I don't think I would rewatch it at any time. I feel like I'd have to be in the right mind space to watch it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely, I would love to rewatch it probably in like another year or two or something like that to. Yeah, I think maybe even less. A, I don't know. I think this is a once a year movie for me. I just, yeah, the acting's so great in it. Yeah, and it's such a beautiful, like, set movie. Yeah. So it's just like it's beautiful to watch. It's really great performances. Yeah. Um, and I mean, every time you kind of forget like one or two details every time you watch it. Mm. You're like, oh my god, I forgot he does that. I also feel like it would be interesting to watch it kind of cyclically because i feel like while i was watching it i could think of so many things that definitely pulled inspiration from this movie mm -hmm. so i feel like it probably comes in cycles of like different shows and stuff that use this movie and like plot and plot points as inspiration for their work yeah i didn't think i hadn't thought about white lotus while we were watching it but i think if you enjoyed this movie and you haven't seen white lotus you should definitely oh check yeah that yeah out. for sure um the one very that I, similar feelings i was thinking of gone girl for sure mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i i think white lotus and gone girl are probably the two closest to the tone of this movie i thought I of something of. else while we were watching it but i can't remember what it was um yeah but i i just uh i love this movie i'm glad we got to watch it i'm yeah, glad you loved too. it too me too um 
thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you like this podcast and you want to support us, the best thing you can do is to tell a friend yes. that you enjoyed this podcast. Share it, Share with, it others. with others. You don't have to like post on social media. No, you can. You we can. would love if you did. We would love it if you did. Please. But at the very least, just tell somebody <clears throat> you know that likes movies about us. We'd love that. Um, if you haven't already, please give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a rating. Follow us on social medias, etc. We've got one of everything. Um, little Instagram, little TikTok. We're we're trying to keep those active, but you know we've got social lives as well. So yeah. we're trying we're, we're trying we're to busy people trying to do all that, and we're also in our twenties, so trying to just stay afloat in general. But we're working <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, and we have a new episode every Wednesday. Uh, we're gonna maybe switch to a little bit different um, setup for in terms of coming out with movie uh, without. Uh, <laughs> We might switch to putting out four episodes a week. Er, okay. <laughs> we might switch to still having four episodes a month, so one a week. But we might switch to having a couple of them being reviews of more recent films that mm. are critically acclaimed or ones we just want to see and like chatting about those. So those might be slightly shorter episodes, um, just kind of delving into what we enjoyed about um, some newer films that are out right now. Yeah, um, and then having two other ones be um, our normal picking movies for each other um, episodes. Yeah, these episodes just take a lot of time and we're busy people. We're busy people. But anyways, um, please join us next week as I force Robert to watch Blue is the Warmest Color. Oh my god. Another gay movie. A movie for the gays. <laughs> movie for the gays. A movie for those of us that didn't know they were gay and then realized they were maybe a little gay. Yeah, maybe I'm a little gay. Maybe I'm a little gay. And then I figured it out <laughs> as I got older. Um, yeah. Uh, we're also already totally aware of some of the controversy around this movie. Just want to say that real quick, because we'll probably chat about it in the other, in the upcoming episode. But, mm -hmm. um, we know about some of the mistreatment of the actors, uh, etc., which is very unfortunate. And I don't condone that in any way. Neither of us do. Uh, but this definitely was a really important film to me when I was younger. So I do want to take a second to rewatch it and chat with Robert about it because he has not seen it yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, right. thanks for listening all the way through and we'll catch you on the next one. Catch y'all next week. Bye-bye.